Hello friends, let's start with our Share to Social giveaway. This week's Share to Social winner is Mandy Sandifer with Unique Designs. Congratulations Mandy, message me and I'll send over your gift card. Thank you all so much for sharing the Unashamedly You podcast week after week. I am honestly forever grateful for you. Don't forget to enter the giveaway each week is so simple. You share the podcast to your stories, tag us, and you're entered. I can't wait to see who wins next week. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. Today, you are all in for such a treat. You get to hear from someone that is making waves all across the nation. She, along with her husband, are setting precedents in the apostolic movement that have never been seen or done before. And I am privileged to have a front row seat to see what all God is doing. She is anointed in all that she does and does everything first class, whether in dress, speech, singing, You'll want to get out your notepads on this one because I can assure you, you are going to want to take notes on so many of the nuggets that she leaves for you all today. She is my first lady at First Pentecostal Church, North Little Rock, and I am privileged that she's taken time out of her busy schedule to chat with us on the Unashamedly You podcast. Welcome, Sister Mandy. We are so grateful that you're here today. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. So not everyone listening has the privilege of being under your ministry and may not know as much about you. So could you take a few minutes to share with us maybe on how you got to NLR and FPC? Well, I grew up in a pastor's home and my parents came to camp meeting the very first time. I think it was 1997. And um, it was just my mom and dad with some friends of theirs. And so they loved it so much. And just the spirit that was here that the next year they brought me and my siblings back and so um we attended for I think three or four years and on that I think it was the fourth year that I came to camp meeting that I was introduced to my husband and he says it was love at first sight (laughs) I think I was a little more cautious but it was a 10-month dating process including engagement and we were married the following June So this June, we will celebrate 21 years of marriage, and we have three children, 17, 14, and 10. So God's been good. I will never forget that. I remember him bringing you to, maybe it was like the first time that you had come down outside of camp meeting, and you came and you were meeting, and everybody's like, oh, Pastor Nathan has a girlfriend. And everyone was trying to meet Sister Mandy. So you've been quite the celebrity since you walked through the doors. <laughs> oh, no, I don't feel like a celebrity. <laughs> We're so grateful that you're here. It's amazing. And your parents, they're some of the classiest people that I know. You're a wonderful, godly example to my girls, which is something that whenever you're growing up, you don't think a lot about. And whenever you got here, you know, and being an example. But I remember my mom talking about that, that you know, Sister Mandy Holmes is such a great example to my girls. And then now that I have girls, 
I realized the importance of her praying. I remember her praying for Pastor Nathan, a wife. And now I think I know the importance of her prayers because that is who is going to lead my family and my kids as well. And what are some principles maybe that your parents put into you that have helped you the most throughout the years that have helped you to walk into this role? Well, I think, first of all, my parents didn't treat us any differently than any of the other kids in the church. Like, we didn't get all the privileges and all of the good stuff, but not have to do any work. You know, when I graduated from high school, I was kind of helping. We had a Christian school there. And so it just kind of like smoothly went into this transition where I started working in the Christian school. But my dad always looked at that like maybe people would think that was kind of a glamorous position that he allowed me to step into. So to contrast that, I was the bathroom attendant for our church bathrooms. Well, actually, the whole church, I, I cleaned the auditorium and the foyer and the bathrooms and everything. So I cleaned the church, you know, while I taught school. So I guess I got the I, if you want to call it glamorous, I don't know if school teaching, but the fun job. But then I also had, you know, some not so fun stuff to do. So I think that was a really important lesson that ministry is not all about just people seeing you or people patting you on the back or hugging you or being on someone's podcast, you know, like a name out there. But it's actually putting your head down and doing work, you know, that nobody sees. but just being willing to work. That's, that's what ministry is really. That's so true. That's funny that he made you do the extra things because <laughs> school teaching is not glamorous. Well, it's Anything. not glamorous, but I think he felt like it was maybe kind of a leadership role. Right. I can so see like, what you're saying. <laughs> so instead of having anyone be like, Hey, how come she gets this job? You're like, well, she's cleaning the bathrooms too. So do you want that? job? <laughs> you know, Hey, it's fine. I'm not too good for anything. In fact, there's been times when I've thought the bathroom maybe under the platform at church needed cleaned. I thought, you know what? I'll just bring my stuff up here and clean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not too good to clean the bathrooms, but that that is so good, and that's true. Ministry and leadership in general is about learning to serve and learning to serve people. And whenever you realize that, and I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons that we've seen success at First Pentecostal Church is we have servants for leaders and they teach us how to be servants. And so that's made our church in general. I mean, we've set the precedence in the apostolic movement. I feel like for Bishop always says the happiest servants you've got. (laughs) And that's what he says to the Lord is Lord, I'm the happiest servant you've got. And to put that attitude and that spirit in our church. And then obviously that's one reason why you fit in so well is your parents putting that in you as well. So one thing that you've recently spoke on, you spoke at a ladies meeting in Branson and you talked about fear and how real and crippling it can be. And I know this is something that, that you've helped with a lot of people. Um, I'm sure you see it a lot in counseling and talking to different ones, but also how we can overcome those fearful and anxious thoughts. And right now with all that's going on in today and in our world today, it's such a real topic. It's something I've personally dealt with over the years. And I feel like after 2020, people that didn't even know they were anxious have become anxious. And what you talked about was so freeing and so 
so anointed and so good. And I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit on that and on fear and how you've battled against it and how we can be overcomers. Well, yeah, I guess that whole talk or devotion or whatever it was that we had in Branson, that kind of came out of personal things that I've struggled with. And I'll just be honest with you. It was a fearful thing to, I mean, when my husband and I first got together, I wasn't afraid, but you know, when you are taken completely out of a familiar territory and move over 2000 miles away and everything's different, the people are different, the church is different, the family's different, everything's different. The food's different. The way people conduct themselves is different. There was a lot of I mean, insecurity, I guess, but fear, really, insecurity is fear that came along with that. And I think over time, you kind of get comfortable with your surroundings. So the Lord really helped me with that. My husband really helped me with that. But just even in day in, day out type things with our world the way it is and the uncertainty of just everything, everything you can think of is so uncertain. Money's uncertain. I mean, we're experiencing inflation right now, which can really cause issues for some people. You know, thankfully, the Lord's been faithful to us and he's just been good. But so that whole thought was born out of just personal things that I dealt with. And I felt like that the Lord gave me the story about Joshua and Caleb going into the promised land and how the 10 men that went with them were so fearful and so afraid and they felt so small in light of everything that they saw in the promised land. And they were like, we can't do this. You know, we can't, there's no way we can do this. We're intimidated, which is another form of fear, but it was the boldness and really backed by God that Joshua and Caleb had that helped them to go into the promised land. And sadly, and I brought this out even when I spoke in Branson, but those 10 people that were fearful didn't get to experience the promised land. It was Joshua and Caleb and a whole new generation of people that supported them that were able to experience that. And I mean, fear can be so many things. It can be a lack of confidence. It can be anxiety, like you said, which we've all experienced this last couple of years insecurity, intimidation, fear of what people think or their opinions, or, I mean, I still deal with that sometimes, like (laughs) things will happen and I'll be like, oh no, what about this? You know, but God has given us answers for everything we need in his word. Our bishop has stressed for years. I mean, as long as I've been here and I know that he's been doing it longer than that, but has stressed the importance of prayer. And None of us are perfect. I don't make it every single day, but I do endeavor to pray regularly and every day as much as possible. But it's in those times when I'm spending time with God that scriptures will come to mind that like that's how this was even born. The talk I did about fear, you know, it was just like something that I had dealt with. And when I knelt down to pray, it was like scripture started flooding my mind. Like what you're dealing with is fear. And God is not the author of confusion. He does. It's not his will for us to be fearful or have anxiety. But I think the biggest reason that we do is we want to control everything. We want to know what's going on. We want to, you know, we want everything to be certain and know what's going on. And I think that's part of why it's not that way. 
because he wants us to turn to him when we have those feelings of anxiousness or uncertainty or insecurity. That's when we turn to God and we're like, you know what, this is not in my hands anymore and I don't know what to do, but I trust you. And that's the bottom line is he wants us to trust him. That's so true and so good. I've learned in my own life, whenever I have control and whenever I can do those things on my own, I don't even think about it. You just do it. But it's whenever you can't do it on your own. It's whenever you have to have God's help and you have to have his hand in it, or you can't do it without him, that you turn to him. And so there's so many situations and there's so many times that it's like the Lord's just sitting there saying, here I am. You can trust me. You can walk with me. I know so many times I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, I'm so thankful. I can trust you. I can fully put my trust in you. I cannot trust anything else going on right now. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't understand things that are going on in our lives, but we can trust the Mm -hmm. Lord and we can trust that he has it all in the palm of his hand. Um, One other thing that I wanted to say too is so many times when maybe you feel a little nudge from the Lord or whatever, and you feel reluctant because I know sometimes that can happen to me. Like when I'm praying with people, you know, like I'll feel impressed to go pray with somebody. And I always second guess myself. And that's the devil. Like, why should I second guess myself to go pray with somebody? I mean, there's nothing but good that can come out of that. But you get so worried about maybe offending someone or coming on too strong. But God doesn't want us to be fearful. He wants us to step into those things with confidence. In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand and his right hand is power. So he will uphold us with all power. Psalms 34, four says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And that verse is kind of special to me because I remember My grandma, she just passed away in April of last year, and she would always quote that verse. And there were so many things about her life that were uncertain. And so I know that she had dealt with a lot of fear and insecurity probably at times. But you know what? Really, she's a huge example to me because she she was so consistent in her prayer life and her Bible reading. And she would quote scriptures even in in her prayer when she was praying, like, I love to hear her pray. I wish I had a recording of it, but she would quote those scriptures that, that gave her strength. And so Psalms 34, four was one of those scriptures. So it just means a lot to me, but Psalms 23, four says also, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And really that is So um, that kind of speaks of even the day that we're in right now, things seem so dark and hopeless and, you know, just like how much worse can it get? But I will fear no evil for thou art with me and his rod and staff comfort us. He's with us. We don't need to be afraid. Psalm 27, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So there's so many scriptures, that's just a few that I had written down, but God wants us to feel empowered and not to be fearful and we're his children, we're made in his image, we have no reason to be afraid. 
we just need to walk in confidence and be full of the Holy Ghost and know that he is right there with us, walking right beside us. So good and so powerful. His word, it's really, it's what's there to help us. But so many times, isn't it, isn't it crazy that sometimes it's hard to, to get that Bible reading in and to open up the word, but it's so easy to scroll on social media where all of that craziness is. And it just keeps you all revved up. (laughs) It does. And I'm like, and his word just brings such peace and such comfort and such help, but it's proof that our flesh, it will turn to the things that that keep us feeling that way. I'm not really sure why we're like that, (laughs) but I just think it's our base nature, you know, like it is a discipline to sit down and read your Bible or to turn on the Bible app while you're doing something and listen. But I'm telling you, there's been so many little nuggets that I've received and I would just like stop what I'm doing and like highlight if I was listening on, on my Bible app or whatever, like, Oh, that's so good. (laughs) So if we just make ourselves, but it's not really any different than exercising or other disciplines that we do, you know, keeping our house clean and stuff like that. I mean, it's rewarding. So when you discipline yourself to pray and talk to God, and someone just said recently in talking about praying, like, how can you have a relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them regularly? And how can they speak into your life if you don't talk to them. So it's just take that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a two or three hour thing. I mean, sometimes all I have is 20 or 30 minutes to go by the church. I'm like, hey, that's better than nothing. But I mean, God can do a lot in just 20 or 30 minutes, especially if your heart is tender and you're open and and it's ready for him to speak into your life. And I know that um, Bishop and pastor talk often about just that effort. Like when you make that effort, it's like God sees it and he is going to make up the difference. Even whenever you only have, sometimes I'm like, I have, you know, maybe even 10 minutes after taking Ezra to school and I'll put him in his class and I'll run in there. I'm like, I don't really have a lot of time this morning. I could pass by and just go right out to my car, but just stopping in there. It's like the Lord knows you only have 10 minutes and he just really meets you there in those times, just making that effort and telling him you're important, Lord. I want you to speak to me. This relationship with you is important. That's so good about having the relationship. Unashamedly you community in general is just about going after your God-given purpose, your God-given dreams and goals that God places in your heart in those times of prayer the Lord will drop things and nuggets into your mind, things to do. But sometimes that fear can creep in and it can keep you from Mm -hmm. things. Like you said, even just going to pray for someone, how could that be Mm -hmm. a negative thing? Someone just said something to me this past week about that. They're like, I felt like going and praying with her or saying something and I didn't. And one thing that I had told them with that is I said, I learned a long time ago, if it's something that I do not want to do, and I'm having yeah. to make myself go and do it, that Absolutely. it's not my flesh. It was the Lord. And I've learned yes. to answer that and to do that because you never know what they needed in the Lord to be able to use you in that way. The same thing with going with things for our purpose in general, the Lord dropping things in our mind or in our hearts to do that may be able to bless the kingdom financially. It may be something that blesses and brings a soul. You just never know what the Lord has in mind with your purpose, but we all have different ones, but that fear creeps in. Is there anything that you would want to leave our listeners for that? 
I just feel like that there's so many areas and, and really it's the trick of the enemy. Like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what stage of life you are in. You can be a, a single young lady that doesn't have a spouse and that can bring you fear. Or you can be, you know, maybe you're in ministry, but the Lord's calling you to more like calling your husband to pastor and as a pastor's wife, you can feel, or a minister's wife, you can feel like, what can I do to help people? You know, how, how will that work to be a pastor's wife? But God would not call you into something that he didn't feel like that you could fulfill. And so if you're fearful about something like whatever the circumstance may be, fall on God. When your heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. God can do what we can't do. God can give you peace in your mind. God can give you strength that we don't have supernatural strength. Like I look at the last 20 years of my life and I think of things that I've gone through and I think, I don't know how I did that, but how did I get here? But it really is just the strength and the help and the Holy Ghost. And it's just everything that God is to us and his word and prayer and that's just, I think it's so important. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So sometimes our mind can be our biggest enemy. People aren't thinking anything of us. We can do more than we think that we can do. We may not know how to do something, but our biggest problem is between our ears. So we have to get a hold of that. And that how we do that is in the prayer room, talking to God. And he can bring all of those imaginations and crazy off the wall things, rein it all in and give us the strength and confidence to do what we're called to do. Because I'll just be honest with you, sometimes I look into the future and I think, well, how is this going to be like the stage that I'm at right now is my kids are on the brink of, I'm about ready to have three teenagers. My youngest turns 11 next month. But I mean, I guess it's not teenagers, but I mean, I can see the changing and the maturing and 11 is just a huge pivotal year. And so I'm like, so what is the next 10 years of life going to be like? And that could be fearful. But I don't want to allow it to be fearful. I want to give it to God and be like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. And that's what we have to do in every situation, every circumstance. We can allow the fear to creep in if we're in our human finite mind. But if we think like he wants us to think, we give it to him and we say, God, you have control. You know who the spouses are going to be for my children. Please have your will. I, I want your perfect will in, in their lives. So, I mean, that's my little world right now, but but the same principle is true and nothing is too big for him. I mean, we can look at something like it's impossible and feel so fearful and so intimidated, but God is bigger and greater and just just bigger than any situation that, that we struggle with, that we face. He can do it like no one can. So true. And just learning to trust him. I love that you said about getting into that supernatural strength and getting into the prayer room and allowing the Lord, really just allowing him to take control. He's in control anyways. And so when we, when we let go of our little bitty minds and we know he's bigger and he can do it better, but we want to have our hands in it, knowing that 
he's going to take care of it and he's in control. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know that so many people are going to be so blessed by the nuggets that you left, the scriptures that you gave and the encouragement that you left us today. Thank you so much for hopping on here with us. Thank you for inviting me. It was my honor. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, we are doing a giveaway every Friday. If this podcast blessed you in any way, go share it to your social media and tag us and you're entered. Go leave us a review and subscribe so that you get the notification every Friday when our new episode releases. Thank you all for your constant love and support in this space. Now go be unashamedly you. Thank you.